I'm shook. Welcome to the Holly Shook podcast. I'm Armin, and I'm joined, as always, by the greatest podcast co-host in the entire world. He's also uh, been called a hustler once or twice in his past. Ryan Alkair, how are you, Ryan? I'm so good. I've been called a hustler. I've also been called a housewife. I kind of do it all around here. Right, between you and me, who's the hustler and who's the housewife? I would say you're more the housewife and I'm more the hustler because <laughs> you're like you're more like domestic domesticated than I am. I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it is a word and I know what you mean. And in terms of the podcast, I do kind of keep things organized and tidy. I don't mm-hmm. even think you know where our files are stored. So I'm doing all that sort of organization, upkeep, housekeeping, if you will. Yeah. And yeah. you're the hustler. You hustle, you know, between pod to pod. Yeah, I don't know anything about what happens on this thing. I just show up and I say things and that's all I do. I just, I, I literally, I still don't know. We've done this for freaking 300 years. So I'm more the hustler. I'm always coming and going. I'm always like coming back from something to record or have to go to bed early because I have something to do. I don't know. You do like way more than I. I have like one task to do and I'm like, I have to go to bed. So that makes me the Erica Jane mm-hmm. and you're Girardi. Yeah, I'm just like scamming people out of money and waiting till I'm dead. Like <laughs> those are my two things and I'm pretty good at it. I haven't got caught yet. Or have you? I can't speak on that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if we haven't made it obvious, uh, we're going to be talking about The Housewife and The Hustler today. It just came out, uh, making it probably the most relevant thing we've ever talked about. Or not the most relevant thing we've ever talked about, but it's the quickest we've ever been on the take. Yeah. Well, we reviewed the dummy documentary, I would say, within a few days of the final episode coming out. Or maybe I'm wrong. No, that's true. That's very true. But this is quick for us, right? I don't think we've ever done a reaction pod this quick because it's Tuesday, June 15th as we record this. Yeah. The Housewife and the Hustler documentary, an ABC News original, was released on June 14th. It's merely been 24 hours and we already have opinions on what the hell went down, um, which is really great for us. Good job. We are growing and learning as we go. Unlike Tom Girardi, I don't know. But we have plenty to say, I'm sure. So I'm going to start with just like a quick background on my experience with Erica Jane. Mm, I like starting with that. Yeah, because I... I would not consider myself an expert because I actually have not watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills from the start. So I've actually only seen the last season and then the current season, which like some would argue are not Erica Jane's peak housewife seasons, you know? Right. So I don't know her as this entire personality and entity. I only really know her as just kind of like someone I had heard about and then like from last season of Beverly Hills, which she was not in any way, shape or form like the main person last season because she was famously going to Broadway. So, and most of the scenes that were shown 
in this documentary were scenes from earlier seasons, actually. So they were probably yeah. all new to you. Yeah, for the most part, they were new. I mean, I've obviously seen a plethora of clips from past seasons. I obviously had heard her song, It's Expensive to Be Me. Um, so I had I had a base understanding of Erica Jane as an enigma, if you will, but... Wrapped in a riddle. Yeah, but I'm not, like, <laughs> fully prepped on her history, if, if you will. But you know enough, because her whole right. shtick is that it's expensive to be her. She is married to one of the most famous attorneys of all time. She mm-hmm. has an alternate personality. Her name is Erica Girardi, but sometimes she can go by Erica Jane if she's performing. That's kind of her whole thing, even in the last season, right? Because she was going off, like you said, to Broadway to perform in Chicago. Yeah. So I got it. And like, I don't think you need to know much more about her to, to uh, get the... That's the whole deal. Yeah, that you get the whole general uh, idea of her for this documentary. I would say I, I actually learned way more about Tom than I did her, which I think is the point. But like... I didn't even know really what he did because when he was on last season, he was just like kind of like, he would just like pop in and out. And I'm like, this guy is like total geriatric. Like, does he know what's going on? Like, does he know he's being filmed? Like, does he know he's on TV? And I knew he was rich, obviously. I, I'm conflicted. And maybe you'll have like a better opinion on this. I was under the impression that they, <clears throat> maybe this is stupid, but like that she actually loved him from last season. Is that, I mean, she's I'm trying to think of, if I just watched last season, if that would be my impression too. It's hard for me to separate all the other years of experience of watching it because for yeah. the listeners, I had been watching from the time she joined the show, which was around, I want to say season six. I, I can't remember the exact season, but I think it was season six that she joined. So she's been on now for like five seasons. But yeah, right. I don't feel the same way. I'll be honest. I don't see her as like truly genuinely loving him. But that's maybe me being judgmental or biased because of the age gap. And it's not just the age gap. It just feels a little bit like she wants him for the money. She wants him because he helps fund her very expensive lifestyle it's expensive to be me that's her hit single right i guess i wish to rephrase it i'm not saying like oh they're so genuinely in love but I, i'm not like you know there's people who like are with the guy for the money but they like hate their guts you know mm. like secretly plotting to like have them murdered type thing i'm like right. i never got the impression that she's like i absolutely hate him like your like, arch nemesis anna nicole smith right like anna nicole smith don't how dare you bring it up triggered um, <laughs> like, I don't know what her deal was and I don't care to find out, but, um, Oh, you'll find out one day. <sighs> but I do believe that like, she at least enjoyed like his company, like in small doses. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. She respected so him. I think, yeah. I think she liked him to a degree. Right. But especially with the documentary, I think it's hard not to just see their relationship as one that was mutually beneficial, but not because of love, right? Like, 
I think what he got out of it was being able to say, I'm dating this burgeoning pop star, young, beautiful. And someone said that. I forget who said that, but one of the people interviewed said that he loved that about Erica. Yeah. And that's a part of why he invested so much into her music career. Career in quotes, by the way. Like, we're loosely like, using like that. Acting like fucking Lady Gaga. <laughs> like this burgeoning up-and-coming artist. I'm like, she has performed at one gay club. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a, that is a career lane. I mean, that's what sure, Sheena sure. wanted to do and be. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but of course, for her, it was the fact that he would drop. Didn't they say it was like forty grand a month or something on her, her on glam, glam squad? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She couldn't do that on her own. Obviously, I think she was working as a uh, server, right? Uh, when right. she met him. Yeah, at like a strip club or some shit. Um. No, I think the strip club thing was how they tied her to Daniel Staub in New Jersey. Oh, but then remember on last season of Beverly Hills, they like went to the strip club where she worked. I think I she was like a, at the strip club or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess she worked at a strip club in LA too. I forgot that. No, because it, it was in New York, I'm pretty sure. It was in New Jersey. It was like, oh, we're going to New York. and then. Oh, like, yeah. So that's the one that... They referenced in the documentary, right. Yeah. But I thought yeah. she met uh, Tom in L.A. when she moved to L.A. Because then they say the whole thing about how she tried to make it in New York, but then she moved to L.A. Yeah. to see what would happen there. But then that's yeah. where she meets Tom. And obviously she gets to then live in this giant mansion in Pasadena, have the two private jets, which becomes a big deal in the documentary. Yeah, their opulence, their extraordinary wealth, and the way they flaunt it. That's the key. Not that it should really matter, because I think no matter what, obviously, well, we'll get into it, but the embezzlement is is the real key here. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's one of the first points of contention that they make in the documentary is that, you know, it's pretty commonly known that attorneys, especially high-end attorneys like that, are making a shit ton of money, but they're not, like, so flaunty, braggy, in your face about it. And, like, there's the quote, and he's like, we rep- uh, I think it's crossing the line in what we do, um, the fact that they talk so much about it and having two airplanes. We represent people who are victimized by big corporations and rich people. Here you're putting it out there that you're super wealthy and you're basically the man. You don't want to be the man. And I think it's like, I didn't know what type of cases that he was defending or whatever the fuck. But when I found out, it's like the guy who like burned alive in the San Bruno fire or like died in a motorcycle accident or like all of the bad things that happen to people. It's like maybe you have a little bit of sympathy or empathy or whatever and not brag about how rich you are. Like, these people are, like, supposed to make a shit ton of money off of these lawsuits. They obviously didn't. But it's not, like, a happy occasion, I don't think, to be making money off of your house exploding. <laughs> right. And for our listeners who don't know Tom Girardi, he's most famous for what's known as the Aaron Brockovich case. Uh, I died at that. Shout out, Julia. That. Shout out to Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um. Which is a case where Tom represented a community who had been poisoned by PG&E. 
And in that case, I think that there were payouts, right? But what ends up happening to Tom Girardi is that he goes on to represent all these victims. But what he does in the process is that he re-victimizes them. He preys on them. Vulnerable people who have been screwed over, usually by, quote unquote, the man, as that one attorney described it. So Tom is like, I'm going to represent the average person against the man. But in reality, he was exploiting them and taking advantage of them in their most vulnerable moments. So just to get into that process, what he would do is represent them, settle the case for millions of dollars, and then basically manipulate them, trick them, be super evasive, and ultimately embezzle the money out of the trust account, which is the account that would hold the money for them until it would eventually get to the people he was representing. And then he would transfer that money into his own personal accounts. And obviously, that's where it gets super scandalous. He's stealing from these people who he was supposed to be helping. And he is spending that money outrageously. Uh, I guess it wouldn't matter how he spent it. But I guess it kind of pours a little more salt on the wounds when he's spending it on glam squads and private jets and... Two private jets. Two, yeah, sorry. Two private jets. How did Erica describe it? A private jet for domestic use and a private jet for Europe and international travel. Europe and... <laughs> and then the All other right. private jet for when we go to South America, of course. <laughs> Yeah, we needed both because, you know, our first one only only can get us to New York. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to be truthful here. I'm always very vulnerable and open with our listeners about how I don't really understand anything. How did this happen? Like, how... I just explained it. I know, but like, it just feels... Like, there should be... And this is... I get it. Everything's corrupt. Us normies don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, we put blind trust in corporations, government, and banks. But, like, it feels too easy. Well, there was that title screen at the end that said something like the California Bar Association was going to be looking into stricter safeguards for the way that trust accounts were managed. Yeah, which is great. But, like, you'd think, especially with such high-profile cases, like, I mean, I remember when the San Bruno, like, explosion happened because hashtag famously from the Bay Area. But, like, I remember also in that, like, plane that he was... Right. The whatever, that Indonesia plane that, like, crashed and ever died. It's like... These are high-profile cases. You'd think that people would be a little bit more, like, attentive of what's happening. But I guess also it's a flash in the pan for some people. And you just, like, pay attention. And then it's like, well, they settled. And then you, like, stop paying attention. I think that's what it is, right? And how much access do these individuals have to platforms, right? Maybe they could go on Twitter and right. scream Tom Girardi isn't getting us our money. But you also see these people really actively trying to get their money back. It's not like they sit around and don't do anything, but it's yeah. not like they have easy access to get a front page story in the New York Times until it becomes, you know, a front page story, right? And now it's a documentary and people are a lot more aware about it. 
But Rai, yeah. you know, there's a lot of bullshit going on. Not that this shouldn't be focused on, but there's so much stuff. It's like you said, I think people follow it to the point in which a settlement is reached. If people and- even followed it to that point, but that's yeah. when I think people go, okay, great. I'm so happy for the victims that they could right. get something out of the tragedy. Not that that would heal anything, but you know, it's especially for the San Bruno victim. He is going to be having Med- surgeries for the rest of his life, medical issues for the rest of yeah. his life. He needs that paid for. He's not taking the money to go on vacation. He needs it to survive and not be in medical debt for the rest of his life. And also hopefully like be able to go on vacation. Right, right. Yeah. But, but like But remember Tom Girardi's argument against giving him the money? <laughs> he says Oh, it's you going you're you're giving it to young people and they're not good with their money and right. you're blowing it all on it's like Okay, boomer. He's like not even boomer. He's like, what's before boomer? I think it's the silent generation. Well, <laughs> he wasn't so silent. <laughs> He's silent now, but he wasn't so silent. <laughs> but like, I got it. Yeah, I just. He was straight up really... accusing the kid of just trying to take the money and have a good time and party with it. And it's like. The guy's like, I can barely move my arm, dude. I'm not like going to Vegas. Like. Give me the fucking money so I can pay for my medical bills. Like, pay for... Well, I guess, hopefully he had house insurance, but, like, a new home and belongings and shit. Like, yeah. fuck off. You don't need two private planes. Live like, those comfortably. Are bad for the environment, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another point of contention, the environment. <laughs> um, gosh. It makes me sad. I don't know. I just... I felt sad about the whole thing and, like... Yeah, it's deeply upsetting. He is yeah. scum. He is a scumbag. Yeah. Like, I don't feel uncomfortable saying that. Yeah. It's unbelievable what he's gotten away with and how many people enabled him. That is another scandalous part of this whole story, Rye. That's not really deeply investigated, but it's touched on for sure because there's multiple references to the fact that there were complaints about him dating back 40 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's insane that he got away with it for four decades. But then they also went into his powerful connections. Tom is best friends with the attorney general of the California. De- yeah, the chief of police. So people were just afraid to go after him because there was fear of retribution. So this guy was this insanely powerful, corrupt attorney who wielded his influence to take advantage of people and accrue extraordinary wealth out of it. And then you have to wonder, so he does all that. Just a really shysty dude. What happened to the money? I mean, yes, right. yes, the planes and all that stuff. But he said he had 50 to $80 million in cash in his account, right? That couldn't have right. all gone to Erica Jane's glam squad. Couldn't have all gone to whatever the hell he spent money on. Where did it go? Great question. I mean, it is expensive to be Erica Jane. <laughs> she never says how expensive. True. You know that man is doing whatever the fuck she says. Like, he's never said no to her in his life. And he never will in the two years left of it that he has. But I also think, like, if you're this insane to, like, be able to, just to, like, 
be able to embezzle millions of dollars from like literally a lawsuit claim or whatever. I don't get how courts work and stuff or banks, but my understanding is like you have to like kind of be insane to do that. That's a lot of money. I feel like you also probably aren't like very good at money. Right, right. <laughs> like if you're He wasn't you're also, fiscally like, responsible. Right. Like you're not fiscally responsible if you're like fully having to steal from like poor victims. You already have a very high paying job. Like he would be rich. Right. The thing is, it's like nobody was questioning how rich he was. Like they weren't like he has to be stealing to be able to afford all that. Like it was normal that people like people were like, no, that makes sense that he has 3000 planes and spends this much money on Erica and like whatever. Like he has to be making a lot of money regardless. Well, I think one of the attorneys even mentioned that with these claims, the attorneys are entitled to a fee out of it. So when yeah. he wins these huge settlements and he did win them time and time again it's like oh okay here he is adding to his stash so somewhere along the way i don't know what he did with it all, with all of it he even mentions that he had 50 million dollars right. in stocks that he mm. lost so he was liquid 50 to 80 cash. and then stocks and then stocks i don't even know how you lose 50 million dollars in stocks Right, I don't. All your stocks just <laughs> went to nothing. Like you, should, maybe you lost the money, some of the money you invested, but to lose every dime. Right. Also, like I'm sorry, but fifty two eighty million dollars in cash. It's like he doesn't know. Right, like, right. It's such a massive discrepancy. Know if there's a thirty million dollar like window of how much you have, like it probably shouldn't be that big of a window. And it's as if he invested in, like, Blockbuster or something. Like, right. yeah, I had $50 million down on Blockbuster in 2008, so I lost the entire portfolio. No, there's no way. No. Like, he must have some, like, blue chip stocks also, like Apple or something that's still going. The second Netflix came out, like, everyone stole their, or sold their Blockbuster stock. Like, he was like, it's going to make a comeback. Yeah. It's it's sitting at $1.25, but I'm confident. <laughs> but just you guys wait. I am truly baffled by this whole thing. I don't necessarily fully actually understand what happened after watching an entire hour documentary about it. Right. But you are intelligently discussing it. There's no way you could claim that. Well, intelligently is a stretch, but <laughs> I am discussing something and I have an opinion that is slightly formed. I... I guess like my actually a main question that I do have that maybe you'll be able, be able to answer is how was Erica involved? I kind of was unclear on that because I was going to say that is the big question. That is the number one okay. question because she is, I would say the bigger celebrity of the two right now, 25 years ago, it was Tom Girardi post Brockovich movie today. It's Erica Girardi. That is the big question. How was she involved? Yeah, because like full disclosure, don't, really know what a subpoena is and why it happened to her twice. So I just kind of was like, what does that mean? And then everyone, the new update actually today was that her lawyers are not representing her anymore. So I'm like, that's right. not a good sign. Right. I, and I think they cited the revelations of the documentary, right? That 
there is a right. there was a breach of trust between the two parties between the Probably. attorneys and her. Yeah, well, a, if one is subpoenaed, then she is being asked to go testify, and it Come hasn't on. happened. It seems purely for logistical reasons, probably because of COVID. I'm guessing that she hasn't been asked to testify. Right. Although that's surprising because so much of it is done remotely now. And it's like... Yeah, like his whole deposition was like on Zoom. Right. Or they could be subpoenaing... Is that subpoenaing? How do you say that? Subpoenaing. It sounds like a really it. weird word. Yeah. <laughs> they could have subpoenaed... Her documents as well, her financials. That's another thing they could have done. Requesting that information um, or those documents. That will tell a lot, Rai. At this point, we don't know. It's pure conjecture. But it's like almost every person interviewed suggested, how could she not have known? How could she not have been involved? I don't think she was like behind the computer clicking the buttons to transfer like, the money from one account to another. Right, like in charge of the Excel sheets <laughs> that I assume they had. <laughs> like I'm taking the plain victim funds from this and then transferring right. it into EJ Global, which I think was the name of her company, right? EJ Global? Probably. But here's the thing. He was transferring the money to her is there no point in which she asked a question? Is there no private conversation that they had? Is there no suspicion? She has to be somewhat accountable, okay, well, I think. Here, okay, I'm going to play either Deadpool's advocate or give her the benefit of the doubt. One of those two things is what I'm about to do. She was poor, right? So, like, before she met him, poor. I, as someone who is poor, do not understand what 50 to $80 million even means. That is a number that doesn't make sense to me. Unclear on how much that is, how far that will spread. I don't know how much a private jet costs. For all I know, it's $12,000. Like, that seems like a lot of money to me. That's how much I'd pay for a private jet. Erica Jane. He's like, hey, babe. Want to get another jet? Here's the money. She'd be like, okay, babe, thanks. Hey, Erica Jane, you need to have a glam squad? Here's the money. Okay, th thanks, babe. Like, she probably doesn't fucking know how much she's even giving. She's probably not even buying it. But right, okay. I think you're onto something in the sense that she's going to play it that dumb. I don't think she's that dumb. I really don't. Maybe I'm giving her too much credit. Maybe I'm not giving her the benefit of the doubt in regards to her potential ignorance and stupidity. But, Rai, I'm okay. sorry. She is not that dumb. She is actually a lot smarter than you would think. Okay. And then to counter-argue, then maybe she is smarter than I think. And a smart person would probably have a little hint of suspicion and not fucking ask. <laughs> Just because stay ignorant. I would say, bitch. It's bliss, isn't it? Money, I wouldn't ask. I'd be like, all right, I'm not going to ask. You're just going to give it to me. I'm not going to ask because then I can't get in trouble for it. Just and deposit those checks. Yes, I. that's the smart thing to do. If you have a hint of suspicion and you don't actually care about this person, which we've discussed earlier, maybe she's not fully in love and caring for him. 
then I would just be like, okay, like, don't, we don't talk. You know, there's couples that don't talk about finances. Maybe they're one of those couples. She sees the headlines of like Tom winning an $11.3 million settlement. And then she sees a deposit into her account for $11.3 million. And she goes, just looking the other way. Just going to look the other way. I mean, I don't know how much he makes off of that. Like, maybe it was eleven million, eleven point three million, and he won all of the money. <laughs> it, it was just all for himself. <laughs> the victim's like, you can have that. Right. I think there's two pieces of evidence, though, that contradict that theory. Okay. One, they mentioned that she is on the executive committee of, I think, their main company. Not EJ Global, some other company. She is legitimately the secretary of it. So she would have deep knowledge of the finances. Mm -hmm. Second piece of evidence is the divorce. Because remember the one attorney who was actually involved in the flight crash case? Yes. He went on very randomly, by the way, Dana Pam Wilkie's podcast. Right. And you don't know Dana Pam Wilkie from her legendary appearances on, I think, season two, season three of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. You have to watch those clips because she is a shit show herself. She seemed really intellectual and, and knowledgeable on this documentary. Oh, my gosh. Dana Pam Wilkie is one of the most infamous side characters, friends of, in Real Housewives history. She is kind of nuts. Um and she had a I huge liked beef. Her. With... I was like, yeah, get a girl. <laughs> she had a huge beef with Brandy Glanville at one time. Who hasn't? True. I think we all have. Um, but it was actually funny watching the doc ride. I would constantly be like, why is Dana Pam Wilkie in this? I loved her. I was like, she is explaining it in layman's terms, and I'm understanding it. They kind of had her be the consistent narrator throughout. Yeah, she was, like, in it more than anyone else. Right. And she kind of always had, like, an explanation. And I was like, okay. Or, I, like, I, stitch the narrative together. Like, if they needed to go from, like, A to B to C, it would be Dana Pam Wilkie going, and then that's why Tom got involved yeah. with that, you know? I mean, this is going to sound really stupid, but, like, I thought she was, like, a lawyer at one point. <laughs> I was like, she's... She knows the ins and outs of the system. Right, because they didn't mention that she was on the show until like 35, 40 minutes in, right? Where they show the clip of her saying the $25,000 sunglasses. No, because her tagline or like whatever, the, what's the thing under the name called? Oh, right, yeah. The um, There's a word for it. There I is a word. Like... It starts with a C, actually, I want to say. Ah, I don't have time to Google. But <laughs> that thing was... It said cast member of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like, right. from this year or whatever. But they didn't really, like, show her on it until later. And the whole time, I'm wondering, okay, why is Dana Pam Wilkie in this? And there's, like, three minutes left in the documentary. <laughs> and the big bombshell drops that that attorney that I referenced earlier yeah, who worked on the flight crash case, he goes on Dana Pam Wilkie's podcast and talks about how the divorce news was a huge red flag within their law firm. Like, the whole law firm kind of stood up and went, holy shit, the alarms started going off, we gotta start moving, and that's when the civil suits 
started dropping on Tom because they realized that there could be foul play here. Mm-hmm. I don't know the legalese of it all, but basically I think what's happening is that what they believe is happening because obviously we're still right in the middle of this. We're having a documentary about something that may not even be 30, 40, 50% through in terms of its story. You know, I mean, there's still so much more developments to be had, but basically I want to make a point on that later. Just let me remind you. Sure. So basically they think that they are trying to hide the wealth with Erica because Mm -hmm. he can claim he's broke she can claim I don't know anything. Yeah. If they get divorced, then their funds aren't tied together anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because they were saying, like, technically, because of the show and her quote unquote career, she's, and she was on Broadway for a brief stint, um, that she's making more money than he is, technically, because he's famously broke. But if they're together, they could both be liable. She could be right. liable. She would have to. Right. Pay the victims. Right. So that's where, Rye, I have to disagree with you that she doesn't know anything because to me that's a super calculated move. They're trying to evade You're obviously right. making these payments and you know right. losing these civil suits. All right, you got me there. <laughs> I just wanted to believe I wanted to believe in Erica Jurity and and think that she was just a dumb rich girl who didn't know what was going on in the world around her. She just needed her jets and her pop music and her gaze, and she's going to give the gays everything they want, except money. <laughs> the divorce almost was a bad move because of how it did set off the alarms, wouldn't you say? When did they announce getting divorced? On election day. That's why they keep referencing it. On November oh, 4th, I have to, I was have to, it? I have to, I, 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 because didn't it come out yesterday, the new episode, too? Or no, it was no, last tomorrow. Wednesday, wasn't it? No, but they haven't. The last one was ended with Election Day, and then everyone's like, Erica. Right. Erica. Yeah, the last okay. new episode came out last Wednesday. Right, so tomorrow. I always think it's on Mondays. I don't know why. Right. But, oh my gosh. Okay, so this next episode. And here's the point I interrupted you to make. Mm-hmm. Do we think it's a little bit of a PR stunt? This whole thing? <laughs> right. You are nuts. <laughs> They're oh, losing no. everything. He could go to jail. And that's the other thing we haven't mentioned is that these civil suits have raised so many red flags that now, I think it was some judge or somewhere, somebody basically referred the cases to, I think, federal attorneys. So now the Department of Justice is going to be investigating this whole matter. So now he's not only being sued in civil court, but he is being investigated for federal crimes. This could land him in prison for the rest of his life. Okay, so four years. <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, I'm not saying the whole scandal is a PR slam. But like, it's a little bit fishy that this entire season of Beverly Hills has been promoted as the unraveling of a, of Erica Jane and her uh, divorce and her legal troubles. And then conveniently the week of the first episode where we find out about the divorce, the documentary drops nearly two days before that episode comes out. So now everyone, and they put clips of the episode into 
the documentary, which famously is streamed on Bravo, which famously they have all the seasons of Beverly Hills on Bravo or on Hulu. I meant Hulu, not Bravo. And now everyone's like, well, what's going to happen? I guess I have to tune into this season of Beverly Hills. Okay, right. I have to give you this. You are right in the sense that it is a PR stunt, but it is not the previous hunters that are doing the hunting, a.k.a. Tom and Erica. The hunters have become the hunted. Erica and Tom are being preyed upon by bigger forces, a.k.a. the production companies. They are totally taking advantage. Yes, they are. They are preying on them. And these are PR stunts by them and coordinated marketing tactics to do these releases at the same time. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's for sure, but it's not okay. them orchestrating it. That's the big difference. Usually when people say, do you think it's a big PR stunt? The implication is, oh, the celebrity is orchestrating the drama for their okay. own PR advantage. You're right. You're right. Another point that I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. You'd think that all these fucking bitches on these stupid reality shows who are like, embezzling and scamming the fuck out of people would just be like, maybe I shouldn't be on a reality show. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, because this isn't the first time, as this documentary stated, Teresa Judice has already gone to prison for wire fraud, mail and wire fraud. Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw for a telemarketing scheme. It's just like, you'd think that if you're going to be on a reality show, which literally concept is we're going to film your entire life you wouldn't be like also meddling in like literally illegal federal crimes that's just like one thing that i would think before i signed up for a reality show i agree with you but you know what i think it is right they're all financially related right i think that these people are in so deep that they actually see the reality show as both the lifeline and the thing, of course, that will take them down. But at least they will have the lifeline. They are going for infamy. I think they may see it as a situation where we are going to get caught no matter what. I mean, we don't know where their head's at. We don't know what position they were in when they entered the show. But for the most part, they were committing these crimes. And we, I mean, we know this. They were committing these crimes before they got on the show. So what if, here's just the theory. I hadn't actually thought about this until you mentioned um, the fact that they shouldn't go on the fucking show. But thinking about it, it could be them sitting there saying to themselves, oh shit, we are going to get caught for this fraud. But someone wants us to go on this TV show. Huh. Okay, if we go on the show, we're definitely getting caught. But I think we're getting caught anyways. So let's just go on the show, get caught, but make a bunch of money off of getting caught. And that's how we rebound and have our comeback. Become iconic and like become household name famous, like whatever. Yep. Boom. Theory. I get that. I get that. It's just hard. I get that more with like Jen Shaw. Like Jen Shaw was on one season and then got caught like literally right away. <laughs> it's like Erica Jane was on it for like at least five or six seasons. So it's like, I don't think she was signing up like, well, like first step reality star, second step like prison. Like she wasn't like signing up for that. True. And but... I think Tom Girardi probably thought I'm so powerful. I will never get caught. Right. So like, I think I'll... their situation is unique. But I think with Teresa and Jen... They were like, you know what, at least I'll kind of like 
go to prison, but people will, like, already follow me on Instagram, and then they'll be like, okay, well, like, need to know more. Right. I, guess. I kind of got that. Okay. It's a theory. Okay, respect. Girl boss moves only. <laughs> it's the new girl boss trajectory move. Like, go on reality TV show, commit federal crimes. Right. Uh, sign me up. Get caught. Make a Get massive caught. comeback with a book, talk show appearances, and of course, the season when you make, you actually come back, you know? Right, 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 right. The situation from um, Jersey Shore, very similar <laughs> True. situation. He had been scheming that for like 15 years. Yeah, he's like, I will have a reunion show in 15 years and on it I will go to prison. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's just an interesting concept that all these people are caught up in sketchy like I get that rich people are like kind of sketch just inherently but like it's just shocking to me I'm like I would probably like like you know people are afraid to go on like The Bachelor if they have like a like a kind of shady tweet from 2011 like you'd think that maybe like if you're stealing from civil lawsuits like you're not gonna be on TV (laughs) criminals typically want to lay low but that's just typically there are outliers i don't know i don't know it's just so interesting to me like if i were to like even like audition for a show it's like i'm going through every single social media i've ever posted and like just deleting it right let alone all the crimes you've committed the wire fraud with all my crimes (laughs) um overall i enjoyed the documentary overall um I found the like very specific stories to be more interesting than the like actual crimes, if that makes sense. Like I'm a sucker for like a freak accident type thing. Not to like kind of like glamorize what happened to these people, but like I'm just obsessed with like crazy incidences. And so the fact that he was like involved with like all of these crazy stories that like I had already read about and known and followed. And I didn't know that he was the one who was, like, representing representing victims and stuff. I loved that. And also the unexpected theme of the powerful love of mothers. Like, you're not seeing that coming, and then it comes. Yeah. yeah. And it did hit me hard. I don't know about you, but it hit, it hit me hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't, like, crying, but, like, I, I didn't see that coming. Like, I wasn't... I didn't see, like, a human peace coming you know i was like it's gonna be courts and laws and monies very true hollywood story right that's what i was expecting yeah and i guess that was the point i I was gonna make earlier um with like maybe why it was so quote-unquote easy for him to do this is because like it they're normal people like Mm -hmm. they like just like i i was talking about i don't know what the fuck 12 million dollars even means it's like neither do these people so they're probably just like, okay, yeah, it's it's normal for him to just kind of like give us a million every so often. And then, oh, they missed, they were late a couple months. Like, that's probably just how things like this go. Or he's going to invest it for us, which was yeah. another claim he made. Right. So it's like, you forget, I guess, that when crazy, like, freak accident, like, things happen, that they happen to normal people. And then, like, this super rich one could argue not normal person, Tom Girardi, like, takes advantage of them. It's, like, really 
shitty. And then, but I liked that they um, accentuated the human aspect of it, I guess, in the documentary. I will, I will compliment them on that. Yeah. And those best friend moms were kick ass. Yeah. Kicking ass. And also like really sad that they both had to deal with that. But um, I know, I mean, unbelievable. Um, for, yeah. for those who are maybe just listening to this podcast and haven't seen the documentary, um, which I, I think that could happen, right? Uh, <laughs> probably not, but it's possible. If um, you listen to this to get information on what happened in the podcast, I'm sorry. This is more of a reaction, not like a summary. <laughs> but... I think we've decently summarized it though throughout. Yeah. But two of the victims had mothers who were actually best friends dating back to childhood. And uh, one of the uh, victim's mothers actually worked for Tom Girardi. And that's actually how the connection began. Yeah. Right? And I think she was uh, a legal consultant or something of that nature. And yeah, when shit started to hit the fan, um, those two moms really banded together kicked a lot of ass and have played a major role in taking Tom down. And in their particular case, they actually got Tom Girardi to sign a settlement agreement where he agreed to pay them $12 million. Well, actually just one of the mothers, the other mother whose son unfortunately died in a motorcycle crash. She, her, her son's case actually hasn't advanced at all. Um, but the other mother whose son got severely burned in the San Bruno gas, uh, leak, uh, they have, they have gotten Tom Girardi to pay at least $1 million, right? They said they've gotten like $1 million, which like pennies in, in the grand scheme of thing, pennies of what they're owed. Yeah. Because they're owed at least 12. So we'll see what happens to that. Uh, he is still living in his Pasadena home, but it's only until that mansion sells. So that will liquidate some of his assets to then um, pay them back. Uh, but there is a long road ahead. This story is so far from being over, especially once the criminal investigation begins. Oh, yeah. We're getting a sequel. Or two. Or two. This could be it's a trilogy like, by the time it's done, is what we're saying. One could argue this is the new college admission scandal. One could make the argument, yes. And once again, we are actually breaking the news, but a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit more on time than the last time. <laughs> but we will cover it just as vigorously, I will say. There's an entire documentary made and we're like, we broke it let's be let's become those girls that ended up on the britney spears documentary those podcast well, girls if i'm not on a fucking documentary about something that we've talked about on this podcast in the next five years i'm going to actually i'm gonna sue erica girardi <laughs> <laughs> because what's the point of podcasting if you don't get to have very thinly formed opinions be put into a documentary a la the girls on the free britney documentary and I have to say, there is no way we are not at least just as qualified, if not more qualified. And at this point, they have so many podcasters doing these confessional interviews for these documentaries. Two podcasters for this one, 
right. that one from the Juicy Scoop podcast. What's her name? She was on it. Dana Pam Wilkie. Oh, yeah. She was on this one. The Free Britney documentary had the Free Britney podcast girls. Uh, and also, Juicy Scoop. Like, you're going to use someone whose podcast is named Juicy Scoop as, like, a respected commentator and you're not going to put holly shook on it okay let's just compare names first and <laughs> foremost right we are going to be on one of these at some point i hope so because like what was the point otherwise you know what was the point the end game was always to show up on one of these documentaries when we started this podcast we said there will be a time in the near future where podcasters are respected sources of knowledge for documentaries and we're gonna be on one even if they're one hour streaming ones that make no difference we foresaw a genre that didn't exist basically two years ago we we totally foresaw that genre just propping up out of nowhere within two years we saw it coming once again kind of like innovators of the industry here and you heard it here first and so far and so forth. <laughs> so, right. Any final thoughts? I think we got into it pretty deeply, but any final thoughts? Final thoughts, final thoughts, final thoughts. Um, Tom will be dying in prison, I guarantee. Um, Eric Jane, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen to her. Um, I, I don't want to be like she's bad because... I think that money can blind you and power can blind you. And maybe if she knew what was happening, she was, she wasn't a good enough person to be like, you should stop doing that, babe. Because she like wanted her money, but she wasn't like a bad person in terms of being like, you should do this. You know? I love that you really just paint Erica as the dumb housewife. (laughs) Those are the two sides of the spectrum. You either said you shouldn't do this or you should do this. And like for, is that a crime? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That is how it will be discussed in court. Like, yeah. (laughs) Erica, did you say do it or no? Be honest. (laughs) She's like, I said do it. Okay, prison. (laughs) (laughs) Quickest trial ever. My final thought on this is that it never ceases to amaze me how much powerful people can get away with. Mm -hmm. And the multitudes of factors that lead to them getting away with all the bullshit that they get away with. It could be as simple as just their friendships in high places. But Mm -hmm. we know it extends farther than that. It just never ceases to amaze me. We know it happens. We know Tom isn't the only one. We know he's not the premier one. He won't be the last. People don't learn. Won't be the last. Wasn't the first. But it's another tale of, you know, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of tragedy, you know? Like, I felt so bad for the guy Mm -hmm. who lost his mother. And he's like, I email Tom all the time. I don't know when I'm going to get my money. I have no idea. And, like, you know that he's, like, he barely is helping the people who live five hours away from him, let alone across the world, you know? Right. And actually that, that young man had a great uh, line because he said something like, 
Tom isn't the victim here. Erica isn't the victim here. It's only me and my brothers and sisters. It's just us. It's not them. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people watch these documentaries and start to feel sorry for Tom because now he's struggling with Alzheimer's, although that was even actually questioned in the in the documentary because of the timing. Yeah. And he will likely end up in prison. So people say, oh, poor Tom. Poor Erica. Look how great they had it. They lived such lavish lifestyles. But that was a great reminder near the, near the end of the documentary. Don't think of them. Think of the real victims here who lost people, who went through unthinkable uh, tragedies, you know? Yeah, and also just like, I, like we said earlier, they would have been fine if they weren't stealing. Like, they still would have had a ton of money. They still would have lived a lot of luxury, at least in comparison to what most people live. So they made the decision to be shitty people to just continue to be greedy and want more and more and more and more and more. And that's capitalism for you. We always want more. But like, yeah, fuck Tom and his Alzheimer's. Like, okay, a lot of people have Alzheimer's. They didn't steal from fucking people all their whole lives and they still got it. Okay, so nobody feel bad for him. He sucks and eat the rich. And I can't wait to watch this week's episode and like totally indulge in their lifestyle via television. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Rye... Great recap. I love yeah. the timeliness of this. Uh, yeah. Our listeners will probably be listening to this on June 16th, Wednesday, a.k.a. the day that the new episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills will be airing. And like you said, it's the beginning of this saga. It just barely got touched on last week at the very end of the episode. So um, if y'all want to watch it, it's... Going to be up, I think, by the time this podcast is up. So check it out. We are now a commercial for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And you're We're welcome. promoing Erica Girardi's content for her. Free <laughs> ads. Like, she's a shitty person, but stay tuned and tune in at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, this was really, really depressing. And I am so glad we did this. As always, Rye, uh, everyone... Follow us if you don't already uh, at Holly Strick Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow Rye on Twitter. He's the real Rye Alk. Uh, on Instagram, he's not so real. He's just Rye Alk. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me if you want. Uh, you can also leave the podcast five stars on iTunes if you haven't already. Um, and if you've left us two stars or three in the past, go and change it. You're allowed to do it. They're not final. So go. If you've left yeah. some, if you've left us five, though, you actually can't change it. It's stuck. It's permanent. It's a one-way thing. Like It's kind of like you can only go up. You can only thing. go up. But the highest you go, you can't go down. Just like our content, it's always getting better. It's never getting worse. So um, just make sure the ratings are reflecting that. And, I mean, reflecting that. Okay, I need to go to bed. But <laughs> thank you guys for listening. And we will definitely be doing updates on this story as we learn more as well as as we get 400 versions of this documentary i can't wait till the sequel see you right bye